Hello, and welcome to another Health Essentials Podcast. I'm John Horton, your host. If you just finished potty training your kid, congratulations, that's a big deal. But before you celebrate too much, know this, your child might not use the skill as much as they should at first. On average, one in five toddlers is dealing with constipation, and many of those no-go situations come during or just after potty training. It's a number two issue that can quickly turn into your number one concern. That's why we invited pediatric gastroenterologist Ben Freiberg to come chat with us today. Dr. Freiberg is one of the many experts at Cleveland Clinic who join our weekly podcast to share tips to keep your family healthy. Now let's see what we can do to get things moving for your plugged up kiddo. Dr. Freiberg, thanks for joining us on the podcast to uh, talk shop today. Glad to be here. Looking forward. So, so in doing some research in advance of our chat, I, I read where one in 20 visits to a pediatrician is, is because of constipation. Uh, that, that, that's a lot of plugged up kids. Uh, is, is it really that common of a problem? Surprisingly enough, it is, or unsurprisingly enough to many parents, I would assume. <laughs> Let's start then just, I guess, with a basic question. Um, when, when you're looking at, at this and, and kind of being regular and what's constipated and what's not, um, given that, that poop schedules are, are so different person to person, how do you know if, if your kid is uh, dealing with constipation? There's definitely a couple of things to recognize with it. You know, when we talk about constipation, to your point, different people have different definitions of what constipation is. Some people will say that they're constipated and mean that they're going every day but are having hard poops. Other people might say that they're constipated, but what they mean is that they're just not going frequently enough. So it's really important to really get an understanding of what that individual means. But in terms of what normal is, there's actually a big range of what normal is in terms of our bowel habits. So the little infants, they're the ones that are usually pooping with basically every single feed that they get. And as they get older, we see that that frequency starts to dwindle down. And then you become into the more what we would consider normal range, where it really is a big range where you have the individuals that are going to the bathroom twice a day. It's nice and formed. It's not loose. It's not watery. And that's considered normal. And then there are the people that are going every other day. It's not hard. It's not painful. They're not clogging the toilet. They're not seeing blood in their stool. And that's perfectly normal. So we really do have this big range of normal. We don't have to be pooping every day. We can be pooping a couple times a day. We might be pooping every other day. Now, are, are there constipation clues that, that you should maybe look for uh, in your kids? Absolutely. So one of the biggest things is going to be the consistency and the frequency. So if they're having hard stools, if they're telling you that when they go to the bathroom, it's very painful. If they're seeing blood when you're wiping, those are going to be those are going to be clues that the stools might be a little bit more constipated. And kind of similarly, that frequency. So if you are going once or twice a week, if you're uh, having large volumes to the point where you're clogging the toilet, that's also going to be clues that you might be somewhat constipated. But again, each individual, it's going to be slightly different in terms of what their constipated is. Now, now, what typically causes uh, constipation? So there are a lot of different things that go into developing constipation. Usually we see it happening at different stages in life. 
The first point in life that we often see it start to develop is around four to six months of age where you start to introduce more solid foods into the diet. The stools themselves become a little bit harder. And just like with any of us, we don't want to experience pain. We don't want to experience any sort of discomfort. So we might start to hold it in a little bit. Kind of similarly around the year age where we start introducing more dairy, more milk into the diet. The stools will become a little bit harder. They might become a little bit more painful. And again, we might start to see a little bit withholding around potty training as well. You know, the toddler, they want to get a little bit more autonomy, want to be a little bit more self-reliant. So, you know, I always say in a struggle for the potty between the kid and the parent, the kid is always going to win. So if they start to not want to go Unless they're in a certain place or a certain location, they might start to hold it in a little bit. And as we get older, again, more related to the diet and maybe that situational um, where we might not want to go in the bathroom in school or if we're outside and don't want to go at the mall or at the movie theater, things like that, we might hold it in and miss that opportunity. And in addition to this, what ends up happening is that the colon it acts like a balloon. So it starts to stretch out to hold all that stool, hold all that poop. So now that normal amount of poop that might've signaled us to go to the bathroom, it kind of floats there until it gets to be a really big brick. And at that point it's hard, it's painful. So it makes it really difficult for us to go. So it's all these factors, our diets, um, our bowel habits, whether or not we withhold and then just the elasticity, the stretchiness of our colons able to expand to hold all that stool there. I think I saw in one thing where it's called a uh, functional constipation. So basically you're kind of, your lifestyle can cause the issue if you're, if you're just not going or just having, you know, you're, you're just hesitant, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I see a lot of kids that they just refuse to go if they're at school or if they're out with friends at a friend's house, things like that. And, you know, our bodies typically give us one or two, two opportunities a day to go use the bathroom. And if we miss it, you know, then we need to wait till the next point. But at that point, you're starting to build up the tank, filling it up. And the more you fill it up, the harder it's going to get, the more discomforting it's going to be, which will kind of make you not want to use the bathroom again. Now, now, I know most of the time when you're dealing with constipation, it does seem like it's those those kind of functional issues. But I, there are times where it could, it could be a more serious medical issue, correct? Absolutely, for sure. So um, there are a couple of medical conditions that can lead to constipation. Um, the biggest one that we will see is an entity called Hirschsprung's disease. Um, with that, what ends up happening is that the nerve endings as we develop don't make it all the way down to the bottom. So that bottom gate, as I describe it, is just really, really tight. And we need to exert a lot of pressure to pop it open to get that stool out, to get that poop out. Usually, this is found in early infancy where um, typically that infant passes what we call meconium, kind of this kind of really tarry stool, that first couple of stools there. And if they don't pass it within the first couple of days, that really clues us in there. So that's really the biggest one that we often see. Um, medications can often slow down the GI tract. So definitely look at uh, medications can often uh, cause you to have constipation. So making sure 
um, to look at the medications that you take to see what sort of side effects they might have. Um, and as I described, as the colon gets really, really stretched out, it just loses that functionality. So we need to give it some time, a little bit of a break to to recover, to really heal itself up and really go back to its normal form, to its normal shape. When should you reach out to your child's pediatrician um, about constipation? Like, are there some 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 telltale signs that like this is a, a bigger problem that needs to needs to get looked at? I would advocate the sooner the better, because you know you really want to try to nip it in the bud. So work on the behavioral side of things, making sure that your child recognizes the body's cues to go use the bathroom. Um, if there is some sort of aversion to use the bathroom to address those things. Oftentimes, if it is caught early, we can manage it with just some simple dietary changes, increasing the fiber, increasing the fluid in the diet. But if we need to, better to start early on with the medications, do that for a few months and slowly get them off the medication so that that way you can work on the diet and keep them more regular that way. Are there some signs that kind of would signal that, hey, I need to go talk to somebody? So the biggest sign is how your child reacts to when he needs, when he has that sensation of needing to go to the bathroom. So if your child is kind of hiding in the corner and, you know, oftentimes people will describe it as like a little poopy dance, you know, it might not actually be that they're trying to get it out, it might just be that they're actually trying to keep it in because they recognize that it is hard or painful. Um, so definitely, if you're starting to see that, have your pediatrician involved. Um, if you're looking at the stools and you're um, seeing that they are very hard or when you're wiping, you're seeing some blood on when you're wiping or a little bit of blood in the toilet bowl or on the stool itself, then that's also going to be clues. And as the child gets older, you know, they're not going to want to tell you when they went to the, when they go to the bathroom, but try to stay on top of it. So kind of pay attention and see, are they going regularly? Are they going at least three to four times a week? Or are they somebody who's going once, maybe twice a week? So those are going to be some of the biggest telltale signs there. All right. Well, well now two big questions, since that seems like the appropriate number, uh, given our topic. Um, if your child is constipated, uh, how can you get things moving again? And uh, how can you just prevent constipation from happening in the first place? Diet, diet, diet. That's going to be the biggest thing. So, you know, we really, we really do rely on the fiber and the fluid in our diets. Unfortunately, oftentimes we just don't eat plenty of fiber. We don't eat plenty of fluids. You know, how often are you able to get your kids to eat fruits and vegetables? It's a, it's a tough ask. But there are definitely a lot of simple things that you can do. Whole grain bread, whole grain pasta, brown rice instead of white rice, berries, especially now that it's the summer months, that's the biggest bang for your buck. Making sure that they are staying hydrated, drinking plenty of water. Um, but, you know, if you're starting to see that you're not really able to manage it with just diets alone, starting them on some medications just to make sure to keep the stools nice and soft and to make sure that you're going regularly. Is it effective to try to set up a, um, a, a poopy time for, for, for kids or does everyone's body kind of just, it, it happens when it happens? Absolutely. So I love poopy time for the kids. <laughs> um, you know, as adults, I think most of us would agree coffee will just send us rushing to the bathroom. 
But really, if you do it around mealtime, so I typically say at least twice a day, after breakfast, after dinner, have your kids sit on the potty five, no more than 10 minutes. If they poop, great. If they don't poop, that's okay. You're going to try again later. Because naturally, when we eat, we want to make room for that food. We call it the gastrocolic reflex, that our stomach tells the colon, hey, I'm getting filled up. Let's start to empty out. So if you have them sit down for those few minutes after meals, that's going to be probably the most optimal time. And then for sure, if your kid is saying that, hey, I need to go to the bathroom, it's time to make sure they go to the bathroom. Well, that's some great advice and a lot of really helpful tips that uh, can be put to good use, Dr. Freiberg. Uh, so before we part ways today, uh, is there anything else that we should mention uh, when it comes to constipation in kids? This can definitely be a pretty stinky subject, but the sooner <laughs> the better. If you start to see any of these signs, if you're starting to see that poopy dance, if you're starting to hear your kid complain of, painful stools, or you're starting to see that they're clogging the toilet, hard stools, some blood when you're wiping, that's for sure a good time to go at the very least meet with your pediatrician and start talking about medications, about helping to manage it. And then long-term wise, or even to help prevent it, diet, fiber and fluids. Great advice, Dr. Freiberg. So thanks for uh, making some time to come and hang with us today and uh, look forward to talking with you again. Glad to be here. Constipation is a common issue for little kids. Thankfully, it's a problem that typically can be solved pretty easily with a little attention to what they're eating and making sure they take the time to sit down and empty out. Consider it the last step for a complete potty training victory. Till next time, be well. Thank you for listening to Health Essentials, brought to you by Cleveland Clinic and Cleveland Clinic Children's. To make sure you never miss an episode, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or visit clevelandclinic.org slash HE podcast. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to replace the advice of your own physician.